Good evening, everybody. How are we doing tonight? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Welcome to Wednesday night service. Amen. Everybody survived the blizzard of 22 today? I saw about 22 snowflakes. It was incredible. So anyway, praise God. Uh, what a wonderful time, though. And uh, it may be cold outside, but it's nice and warm and cozy inside of the house of God. Amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. Well, we're going to go ahead and get things started by speaking some words of faith over the United States. Let's stand up together tonight. Hallelujah. And it's more important than ever that we are standing in faith for our nation, right? And also for the things going on in this world. So uh, just praise God. We walk by faith, not by sight. Amen. Let's go ahead and say this together tonight. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness Mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media, every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Well, we've got a lot going on, plenty of announcements to handle here, so check it out. Uh, first of all, I don't even think I need to say this because you've caught on so well, but the High Desert Word Center coffee mugs are officially here, and they've been going like crazy, okay? So everyone's having a great time with those, but you can grab one back in the bookstore for $5.95, and you know what? I already know you're having a great time with Jesus, but it just makes it so much I don't want to say better, but it's just awesome, okay? How can you improve on that, amen? So, all right, uh, listen up. This Sunday is Baptism Sunday, all right? And we've got a whole lot of people signed up. It's going to be a, a wonderful time. But uh, if you haven't signed up yet and you want to be baptized, and I uh, again, I remind you, a lot of people, they're like, well, I was baptized as a baby, but I don't really know what happened. And now you want to make the decision for yourself. Go ahead and sign up, and we would love to baptize you. And it's a wonderful time to invite your family and friends, and they'll get in here. They'll hear the gospel, and they'll get a chance to celebrate with you on this big day. Amen. All right, after that, we have the Young Adults group coming up. Can we hear it for the Young Adults? All right, that's going to be on Friday, March the 4th at 6.30, and that is going to be at Pastor Katie and I's house, all right? It's going to be a wonderful time, and uh, we haven't yet to do this group for quite a while, but we are really excited about it. That's for ages 18 to 30, so come on out that night. We are having a fish fry in honor of National Tartar Sauce Day, and... Fish tacos are welcome. Amen. Can we get an amen for fish tacos tonight? Thank you. Yes. They, they, you know, I mean, it doesn't get much better than that. Bible study and fish tacos. Come on. I'm about to get Pentecostal right now. I'm feeling it. Woo! All right. Um, we also have, this is the big news, the intentional parenting class is coming up uh, starting on March the 6th. Amen. I was just looking at the sheet there. Got 25 
uh, family signed up for that already. And so I'm really, really excited about this. Uh, the cost for the book is $25. And I think we still got some of the bookstore, but you got to get a book uh, as soon as you can, please, so we know uh, how many more we would need to order. There is child care for this class, um, but... Uh, they asked me to tell you that we do need some volunteers to help out with the child care. And so maybe if you're not attending the class and you're thinking, hey, you know, I could help out with this, that would be great. You could see uh, Norma or Desiree, and uh, and they would love to get your help on that because we want to be able to get as many families in there as we possibly can. All right. And the class is going to be from 4 to 5 p.m. on Sundays. It's a five-week class, one hour in length. 4 to 5 p.m., and Lawrence and Leah are leading that class, and it's going to be absolutely awesome. This is going to be the best $25 you've ever spent. I can tell you that right now. Amen? Because uh, we can all use a little help with our parenting. I know I can, right? We want to be the best that we can be for Jesus. We get one shot, man. We don't want to screw this thing up. Is anybody else with me on that? Come on. Amen. All right. And then a uh, new announcement for you. We got baby dedications coming up on uh, Sunday, March 27th at 10 a.m. And uh, praise God, we've had lots more babies being added to the congregation. And lots of the new people that have babies are saying, hey, can we do a, be- a dedication? So it's going to be on uh, Sunday, March 27th at the 10 a.m. service. We will have a sign-up sheet at the info booth so you can get signed up. And that's another awesome opportunity to uh, get your family into the house here and we can preach the gospel to them all right uh and here we go easter is going to be on sunday march uh, uh, uh april 17th right <laughs> and we have a planning meeting tomorrow night at 6 30 for that uh we're going big this year we want to reach as many people as we can and so we are we're pulling out all the stops we're going big and we need help getting this thing together so if you are interested in being on the planning team for that 6.30 tomorrow night, uh, probably over there in Victory Hall, and Pastor Katie and Miss Desiree uh, got a game plan going, so we want to make sure everybody gets a chance to be involved with that. All right. Who knows what time it is now? Yes, it is happy time because God absolutely loves a cheerful giver. Amen. All right, Pastor's going to do our Wednesday night tithes and offerings. Amen. Hold up your hands and envelope for your tithes or your offerings and open up to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Dylan, you were distracted. I said open up to Hebrews 10, 23. All right. Excited. How, how many know we do a financial faith confession here? Amen. We, we confess over our money. We'll read this verse right here, and then we'll make a little comment on it. Hebrews 10.23 says, Let us hold fast the profession, King James says, this confession of what? Our faith, without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. And I, I wrote down a note, something I said back in 2017. I've been sitting in my Bible. I want, I want to read this again, what the Lord gave me. For things like this. This shows you why we want to keep on talking faith or everything we do. When you visit a foreign country, it makes your visit easier if you know the language, right? You know, some of us have been to countries that don't speak English before, and it's nice to be able to know what's going on around you, be able to communicate with people. And so as a believer, 
book of Hebrews tells us that our citizenship is really in heaven, but we're temporary visitors down here. And so this is not our home. We're visitors. We're temporarily here. We're spirit beings. We communicate with a God that's a spirit. We have the Holy Spirit living in us. And his language is faith. Faith from the Word of God. If we're going to be hold fast and confess of our faith, how does faith come? Hearing the Word. And so if we're going to be hold fast and confess of our faith, that means we're going to constantly be speaking the Word, in line with the Word. And so when we do this financial faith confession, it's like being in a language class. Amen. And I, and I, was, I was thinking, I was thinking, uh, as I knew what I was going to be saying, that I know people that have wanted to learn Spanish or, or people who speak Spanish want to learn English, they hang around with people who speak the language. You know, they study things, they listen to things, but I'll tell you what, the best way to learn Spanish, I would say I never learned it because I never got serious about learning it because enough other people know it for me. But, but the ones that I know that have been serious, you get dropped off at somebody, that's all they talk. And if that's all they're talking around you, after a while you can start picking up some phrases. And then you can start asking some things that if you don't do exactly right, they're going to tell you, no, here's what you say. Well, if you want to learn the language of faith, hang around a place like this where people talk faith all the time. And then if you're not speaking the language right, somebody says, hey, you know what, that's not exactly right. And you learn how to say it right. This financial faith confession is a good way to learn how to speak faith over your money. And so our native, our, our native language, our first language as believers is supposed to be faith. And then English or Spanish, whatever else it is, that's secondary. But the first first language that we should know is the language of faith. Faith pleases God. Faith changes things. Faith receives healing. Faith receives provision. Faith changes families. And so we're supposed to hold fast confession of our faith without wavering. So anyway, that's why we do a financial faith confession. Because if we learn how to speak faith here in the language school, we get out in the real world with the challenges on, when the crisis hits, when the lack tries to knock on your door, if you answer with faith, faith changes things. Amen? And so anyway, that's just, that's just something to know when we do this financial faith confession. It's not just the idea of being able to call some little boy up here to repeat it or have what he come up here and read off the screen. When you're out there, and the shots are being fired from the spiritual realm trying to steal your money, steal your car, steal your whatever, that if you answer with faith, because you know the language, you don't even think about it, just that first language comes out, guess what? You're always going to win. Amen. Amen. Somebody give the Lord a hand. That was a good lesson in faith right there. And, uh, and we're going to make our financial faith confession, bring our tithes and offerings up to the altar, and come up here to the altar of worship anyway. But we're going to have a very beautiful woman of God tonight that I first teach her teach faith back in 1982 in a little church in Cicero, Indiana. And I'll tell you what, that woman got my heart. As she's still preaching faith, we'll be glad to hear you tonight, Mrs. Pastor. Amen. Well, let's make our financial faith confession. <clears throat> As we break the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, 
blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give just to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay, join us up here at the altar when you're done worshiping the Lord with your tithes and your offerings. And let's get started worshiping the Lord and praising Him on tonight. Amen. Never stop singing for the Lord. You called out into darkness. You reached down to save us. You conquered the grave. You crossed the divide. Lost in our sin, you made us alive.
Oh 
we have faith for healing. Now, if you don't have faith for healing, then you can't put it first. You better get yourself to the doctor. <laughs> you better get yourself some help. But I want you to open up your Bibles to a verse that I absolutely love. I'm in the New King James tonight, except for one verse, and I'll tell you what that is later. Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful scripture that that just is just a beautiful picture actually today because we had some snow. Some of you saw the snow. So we had some snow. And uh, so thank you, Lord. He gave us a picture of snow today. And I was reading the scripture about snow, so he didn't say he could. So uh, Isaiah 55, 10 and 11. For listen to this. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven... And do not return there, but water the earth, and makes the earth to bring forth and bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater. Now listen to this analogy. So shall my word be. So he's comparing the rain and the snow to his word. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. So when we're sending out the word, when we're standing on the word for something, and we're sending that word out of our mouth, then it will, and then it goes up to heaven. He hears it, my word. And it comes back down, and, it, and, and our word produces and grows in whatever it is that we're believing God for. This is a beautiful analogy. It's almost poetic how this is, but it's so true. That word will produce what it goes forth out of our mouths in order to produce. Look at Hebrews 11.6. Make sure you write all these scriptures down. Hebrews 11.6. But without faith, say without faith. It is impossible. Say impossible. Impossible. It's impossible. If he says it's impossible without faith, then it's impossible. He says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you're a believer and you have no faith, guess what? He's not pleased with you. You know, we use the word faith a lot, and we, you know, there's this word faith. Stand up. Stand up, Alexis. Turn around. Show everybody. She's this blasting billboard for me tonight. Read the shirt. What does it say? Faith, 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 faith. Okay. Thank you for wearing that shirt. But, you know, you think of the word faith, and it's kind of like a do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do-do, you know, word out there. What does faith mean? What is that? You know, you're supposed to be a believer. They use that word faith. What is what is that? Too many believers don't even know what faith is. So we're going to talk about that. Hallelujah. Look at this little thing that I gave you. I, I passed this out tonight. If you didn't get one, I gave you one after. It's faith. It doesn't come by wishing. It doesn't come by hoping. It doesn't come by praying. It doesn't come by praising. Faith only comes by the word of God. The word of God on what? On whatever you are believing God for. 
what word do you rhema on? Now, I threw that word rhema in there because the written word is called a logos word. It's written. When it gets, when it gets off these pages and into your heart so that you know that you know that you know that you know it becomes a rhema to you. Okay? So what word do you rhema on concerning salvation? Obviously, all of you did. I mean, everybody in here is born again. So you heard that word, it became real, and you acted on it, and you got born again, right? What about healing, finances, relationships, your nation? You know, what are you praying about your nation? Blessed is the nation, is God is the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, et cetera, et cetera. You're not supposed to do that when I'm up here talking. Naughty, naughty. Okay. So... Without faith, it is what? Impossible to please God. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, right? Romans ten seventeen. So how do you know? How are you going to know when you have faith? Okay, you're going to know, like let's take the subject of healing, which I'll be talking about tonight because it's easy on this one. When no one or no thing can steal it from you right? Nobody can steal your salvation from you. Can I, if I say to Dylan, Dylan, how about going to hell tonight? What are you going to say to me? Why not? Yeah, he already saved you. You received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, and that's all she wrote. You know, I can't steal that from you. Nobody can take that from you. It's there. So see, that's what a rhema is. So how do you know when you have faith? When no one or no thing can steal it from you. So that you know that you know that you know that you know. Okay? And pick a subject. You know, and it it is possible to have faith in one area but not have faith in another area. That's very possible. You know, let's say, for instance, we're having water baptism on Sunday. So maybe, maybe, well, they'll be teaching on it too. So people will... Maybe they're researching it on their own. They're getting some faith on what is water baptism, why am I doing this, blah, blah, blah. But actually, after you're water baptized, you're not really going to need faith for that anymore. You, 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 you did that. You heard that. You studied it. You got faith on it. I'm going to do this because, you know, da, da, da. And then you get water baptized. You really don't need that again unless you're teaching somebody else about it. But see, so and the same thing with salvation. You don't need it for yourself anymore. You need it to share it with other people, Okay. So, hallelujah. Okay, so I've heard people say sometimes when a believer passes away of sickness, I don't know why they died. They were such a good Christian. Anybody ever hear that? You hear it all the time. Um, it, it, it causes us to think as believers, well, God's word must not work. If they were such a good Christian and they were sick and they died, Right, But Romans 3, 4 says, let God be true and every man a liar. This is the truth right here. So we, we really don't know what's going on inside of the believer sitting next to us. It's a probable thing that when we come to church, we have our faith, faith face on. Everybody thinks you have faith. You're in church. Maybe you, you, maybe you can talk the talk, but are you walking the walk? Is it real to you? Are you just remotely speaking what you hear other believers speak? But in reality, you don't have faith for that in your heart. Do you understand the difference, what I'm saying here? 
But what are we living like when we're outside the walls of this church? What are we saying when we're not amongst the believers? Because we're only here an hour or so a week, right? An hour, two, three, four, five, depends on how many services you come to. And you can come in here and you can talk the talk. But when you're out there and life is getting real and smacking you in the face, what are you saying? What is coming out of your mouth? Is it faith? Are they faith words? Or are they stuff that's not faith at all? So in a way, it's like being double-minded. The Bible says in James, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. You either have faith or you don't. So, But the good news is if you don't have faith, you can get faith, okay, and whatever you're, you're believing for. So I'm going to just give you some reasons why some people fail to receive healing. Okay, we don't preach this message very long, often because we're always pushing for people to receive it. But there are reasons why some people don't receive faith, uh, healing. Number one is maybe they don't have any faith for healing. Maybe they're the wealthiest person in the church. They've got tons of faith for finances, but they have zero faith for healing. Maybe they've been here every time the doors are open, but they don't have any faith on healing. So... Maybe they had no faith. We don't know, you know. And this is between them and God. Or maybe they have spoken a curse over themselves. I was reading an account or was listening to an account. Pastor had one of her Brother Hagen's um, tapes on the other day, and Brother Hagen was talking about one time there was a man. I, he must have been, I don't know where he was at, but this guy was 40 years old, and he was, he was dying. And so Brother Hagen went to pray for him, and the Holy Ghost said, don't pray for him. He has spoken words that have been set in motion, and they can't be reversed on his, over his life. This, yeah, yeah, I know, that's what I'm going to say. Thank you, I'm preaching tonight. You told me Sunday night you were preaching, I'm preaching, it's my turn. <laughs> he did that to me Sunday night. Whoopee, I got him back, yeah, okay. Okay, that's not a good marriage thing. All right, bad marriage lesson. Okay, let's see, so now let me say, okay, so. So this man had said his entire life, I will never live beyond the age of 40. He said it his whole life. So, see, he set his body up to respond to that. You know, he set his body up to respond to that. So that man died at 40. There was nothing Brother Hagen could do about it. This man, he had already said it his whole life. You know, I always say about my life, I've said it about my life for years. I'm going to live to be... 95 years old of sound mind and body, and then if I decide I want to live longer than that of sound mind and body, I will. So there you go. So I'm not dying at 70, whatever. I already passed that up. Okay. Uh, okay, now listen. Some people don't want to be healed because they'll lose their disability. Some people, we've, we've learned this over the years. You know, they're on, they're on disability for this, that, or the other thing, you know. They don't want healed because they don't want to lose their disability check. Okay, that's the truth. I'm just telling you. Um, some people don't want to get healed because they get all their attention from their family by being sick. You know, let's call mom. Let's call grandma. Let's call grandpa. Let's call so-and-so. You know, they've been sick. We're going to go see them. We're going to go visit them. We're going to go bring them food. We're going to go la, la, la. And they love the attention. So some people don't want to give up that attention, so they get attention by being sick. This is the truth. You know, I'm doing this for decades. We're just telling you. We tell you this all the time during communion. 1 Corinthians 11, 27 through 31. Some people die prematurely because they take communion unworthily. Right? Says it right in the Word. Says it. 
It says it right in there. Some people just give up and, and want to go home and be with the Lord, and that's, you know, whatever. But, but this is something you must never, ever, ever do. And this has happened in many, in many churches sometimes. If somebody dies, they'll say, oh, he had no faith. Well, how do we know? We don't know. You know, that's just putting condemnation on them. Or you're, or you're this died, or your brother died, or your whatever died because you had no faith or they had no faith. or something. We don't know if they had faith or not. That's not our business. So it's, it, it behooves us to keep our mouth shut, you know, and just pray for them or the family or whatever. Um, our job is to tend to ourselves, right? Mind our own business. Yeah, tend to ourselves. Okay. So uh, someone said to me the other day, I don't know why I haven't been healed. I pray and I pray and I pray and I pray. Faith doesn't come by praying. What does faith come by? Hearing the word of God. So yes, if like like if you get ill, you go to the Lord and you pray about it, and then you faith it, you faith it, you faith it, you faith it. You don't pray and then 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 pray with no faith. Pray, and then faith it all the way all the way through. Okay, you've got to do that. And when Pastor became ill with uh, stage four blood cancer and stuff like that, he called for the elders of the church. In this church, it's our staff called for the staff to anoint him with oil. They prayed the prayer of faith over him. And he said, don't ever pray for me again. Don't ask me how I'm doing. Because God heard him the first time. You know, God's not stupid. He's not deaf. He's very brilliant. He heard the first time. So you don't have to keep going to him and going to him and begging him and begging him and begging him and begging him. He heard you the first time. So, I mean, and we would, you know, during that time, we would go to AFCM meetings, Dr. Barkley meetings, and they would want to call him up and pray for him. And he'd say, no, don't pray for me. And they would get, they would get offended. They didn't understand. You have sitting in this congregation a guy that knows faith on healing. He knows it. And even though there's other word pastors around, they may not have a handle on what he's got a handle on. Because he knew, you know, I've been prayed for. I don't need prayed for again. The healing anointing of God's working in my body, you know, and he thanked the Lord for healing him. And so that's what we're supposed to do. Hallelujah. Faith equals the word, and word equals the faith. It also says that Jesus is the word. So if you've got, if you've got the word, you've got faith, and you've got Jesus. Jesus is the word. Word and faith, you get it? Jesus, word, faith. We're a word of faith church. Oh, pretty cool, huh? Jesus is the word, okay? So you've got to, you've got to, remember, you've got to remember that. Okay, so, da-da-da-da. Um, you know, many of you, we've got a lot of new people in here, and I have no idea what churches you came from. But I know that a lot of churches, even if you came from a, a Pentecostal-type church, a full gospel-type church, a lot of them are not strong on the word concerning healing like we are. So maybe you came from a full gospel church, but you don't know diddly squat about healing. Your, your doctrine that you came from was, I know he can, but will he? We all know he can, but will he? Is it, is, it, is it God's will to teach you a lesson because you sinned somewhere so he's going to throw a little cancer on you? I mean, you know, God is not like that. 
you wouldn't, Beth, you wouldn't teach your little Timothy or your little Brian or your little Liam a lesson by saying, you've been bad, take some cancer. I mean, you don't do that. You know, so why do people think as a parent, why do people think that your heavenly father does that? He does not. He does not make you sick to teach you a lesson. He's pretty smart. He has a textbook. It's called the Bible. Anything you ever want to know is in here. You understand that? So don't go around blaming God. You know, I was teaching, we have, this, I just saw this something. Back in Indiana, we had, for seven and a half years, we had healing school on Wednesday mornings, 10 o'clock. Pastor was talking about this the other day. And I, and I was getting ready to teach healing school one morning. And the Holy Ghost says to me, my kids are lying on me and I don't like it. And I, and I stopped in my tracks and I thought, what? He said, my kids are lying on me and I don't like it. And I said, what are you talking about? He says, my kids are saying that I'm making them sick. I'm not making them sick. I died on the cross to he- for them to be healed. But see, it's ignorance. Ignorance. Hosea 4, 6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge. My people, he didn't say the world, he said my people, Hosea 4, 6, are destroyed for lack of knowledge. So, really, there's no excuse for us not to have knowledge. How many Bibles do you have in your house? I bet you got more than one. We've got shelves of Bible, shelves of Bibles, all kinds of Bibles. You know, so we don't have any excuse for not knowing this, not to mention the fact that we have all these subjects in the bookstore back there, not to mention the fact that you can, you can Facebook or Google or YouTube, you know, healing. Brother Hagen, listen to him teach you the word or Kenneth Copeland or, you know, hear him preaching a sermon on it. You know what I'm saying? There's no excuse for us not developing our faith on this. Okay, let's see. Um, You know, so if you come from a place where they said that God's putting stuff on you for this, you've got to renew your mind. Romans 12, 2 says, let's look at that. Let's look at that. Romans 12, 2, we'll go there. Romans 12, 2 says this. I always like to think of my mind like a computer, you know. Sometimes you have to reprogram the computer. <laughs> you have to reprogram your computer mind and get out the stinking thinking and the dumb and stupid unbelief. Romans 12, 2 says, And do not be conformed to this world, 